Well, it's good to be here this morning. We're continuing in our series of salty, salty, sticking out for the right reasons. Matt kicked us off, and he talked to us about salt and how it was used in the first century and reminded us of saltiness. It, it enhances, it preserves, and it nurtures. And then David, he spoke to us about salty forgiveness. And I was out of town that week, but my mom said, I know that David's supposed to speak to everybody, but he was speaking only to me that morning, and uh, she went and talked to him afterwards. And then Princeton, he spoke to us last week about salty hospitality. And I'm speaking this morning on salty service, and one of the things that you'll notice as we go through this series, you'll see uh, kind of blending that happens. Like, for example, hospitality is seen as service, right? So there will be a blending of those two. On Monday morning, I was, well, it was Monday evening, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and I'm normally not an early-to-bed person. I usually go to bed around midnight, but I was tired. And uh, as I'm getting ready to go to bed, um, day full of work, and then we had visitors with us that were visiting us from Guadalajara, and they had gone upstairs to put their two kids to bed, and I'm like, I'm going to go to bed also. And right then, my phone rings, and it was Madeline Perkle. She's one of our AIM students, and so I'm getting a call at 9.30 from an AIM student, so you know what that means. I'm going to answer the call. And she says, Hunter hurt his leg really bad at, uh, at volleyball, and I think we need to get, take him to the emergency room. And so I give her instructions on which emergency room to go with and told her to take some other students with her and even said, you could take your homework with you if you want so that you could be working on that, and, and I hung up the phone, and I'm like, I'm going to bed. And then I'm like, I'm preaching on salty service on Sunday morning, <laughs> and I can't even go to the hospital to visit an aimer, and uh, so Angel comes down the stairs, and I said, hey, you want to go to the hospital? And um, Angel says, sure, let's go, and just instantly we, we get in the car, and we head to the hospital. And uh, funny note, he sent a text to his wife. Corey had to go to the emergency room, so she thought something happened to me. <laughs> and so that didn't help things. But, but th this is the point. Something so simple, I was making really difficult. And it reminds me of this quote. It says, people say that they want to change the world, but are unwilling to serve others. I don't know who said that quote. I tried to find the originator of it, and I couldn't find it. I remember Ray Young saying it, and so I'll give him credit for that. But people do want to serve. And as we think about this idea of salty, I want you to think about what Jesus says. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its tastiness, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, I don't know if you're looking at Matthew, Mark, or Luke, it doesn't matter which one you're looking at, but what he's communicating is you throw things away that aren't fulfilling their purpose. Now that sounds pretty drastic because Jesus just said, I'm the salt of the earth. And Jesus says, if I'm not living out my purpose, then I'm no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And I don't think that we should get mad at Jesus. I think what we should do is take it seriously of what he says when he says, you are the salt of the earth. And really, we, we, Jesus is not doing anything differently than what we do, right? Don't we throw things away that don't work? How many of you guys get irritated 
when you get a dead battery in the box of the battery of the ones that are supposed to be working, right? And what should have been done with that battery? Should have been thrown away because it was no longer serving that purpose. Um, I want to talk about what we don't need to hear this morning. We don't need to hear all the references about service. Um, We don't need to go into the Greek language and talk about the different words for service, although that's pretty cool. Because raise your hand if you know that as a follower of Jesus, we need to be servants. Yeah, this isn't a new message that we need to hear. We all know that we need to be servants. Yet here, as our hands are down, I want us to take an inventory and ask ourselves, am I really serving the way Jesus called me to serve? And see, what makes service salty is when we actually bring purpose to service, that we don't just do service when, ser- when we stumble acro- upon service, we actually plan out and we're intentional in our service. Last week when Princeton talked about the Good Samaritan, notice that that's something that he came, aco- came upon. He didn't plan for that to happen. Just like I know we, if we went out into the parking lot after worship today and there was an older lady with a flat tire, we would fix her tire. But I think Jesus would say, don't the Gentiles even do that as well? And I think the important thing for us when we try to move into this realm of salty service is for us to be very intentional about the service that we do. One of the things that I was convicted about a few weeks ago, um, Tim was preaching in chapel, and he said, you know, there needs to be an element whether you say it to yourself or whether you say it out loud, thus says the Lord. And I think sometimes in our preaching, we try to cover and stick to the theme and things like that. And I said to myself, Corey, when you speak today, I want them to hear Jesus speak. And so what I've done this morning is every scripture that we look at this morning is either going to be Jesus speaking or it's going to be someone speaking about Jesus and something that he did in an example of his. And so if you'll look with me as we go into this purpose statement, Jesus says something very profound in Mark 10:45. He says, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. In in writing, they say there's a thing that's really common that's called a purpose statement. What a purpose statement is, is somebody making a statement that says, this is my reason for existing. And as we see here, Jesus, you don't have to wonder why did he come, because he says right here, he says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. But there's a context to this story, right? Jesus just wasn't walking around the street saying, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Hey, I wanted you to know the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. There's a context to that. And I want us to look at that as we look at this passage this morning. So if you'll read with me, it's up here on the screen. If you want to use the screen, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to look at your Bibles. If you have your um, handheld, you can look at that as well. But this is what it says in Mark 10, 35 through 45. It says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever you ask it, whatever we ask you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one on your right and one on your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink 
or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we're able. And Jesus said to them, the cup I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And here we get to his purpose statement. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So there's a context to this story. And really, if you wanted to bring it into a nutshell, the context of this story is James and John had a wrong motivation for wanting to come to Jesus and ask to sit at his right and his left. The reason why is they wanted to be on top. They wanted to be the first. And so he tells this story to them to teach a point, and he says, look, in my kingdom, you're going to be a servant. And if you want to be first, you need to make yourself last. And notice how the, the apostles, the other apostles, became indignant at this going on. And th this is what I think is going on right now. I don't think that they're indignant about what they said. I think that they're actually indignant because James and John beat them to the punch. Now, why do I say that? Just one page previously, so if you turn to Mark chapter 9, look what it says there in Mark chapter 9. I'm going to read another story. It's just one page before this that just happened. In Mark 9, 33, it says, And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down, and he called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in, his, in, in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Just few moments before they're arguing about who's going to be number one and then you move into the next chapter and they're conspiring about hey maybe if we go to Jesus privately we could talk and we can set this up to be number one also if you look in Matthew James and John's mother's involved in all of this and you you see this conspiracy going on because they miss the point of what it means to be in the kingdom of God that being in the kingdom of God means that you are going to be a servant. And so this piece of, man, I'm not here to roll over people or to rule over people. I'm here to hit a knee and to serve and be a servant for people. But in this other illustration, do you, do you wonder why Jesus chose a child? Why, why did Jesus put a child 
before them. And there's other passages when it's dealing specifically when Jesus is emphasizing children. But I think in this illustration right here, Jesus is using this child as just this child represents any person that's normally looked over. The normal person that you wouldn't want to serve while you'd be excited to serve the mayor or while you'd be excited to serve the governor, would you be excited to serve a little child? And Jesus says, whoever receives one of these child, one of these children in my name receives me. And not only do they receive me, but they've also received the father. I think about the emphasis of a child here. And um, it's really, you know, sometimes if something stays with me, I think, okay, I probably need to talk about that. And one of the things that stayed with me was Lupita in the Cup of Blessing last Wednesday. And for those of you who were there, she just talked about the kids that are there in Dunbar that they go home for the weekend and they don't have food. And the food pantry that they have there is to set them up. And that might be the only meal that they have whenever they go. And then she shared a lot of statistics. And I don't know the exact statistics, but this is what it was saying is, most of them are in single-parent families. A good portion of them are being raised by somebody who's not their parents, like grandparents or in foster care. And it's this very difficult situation that they're in. And whenever I think about us having salty service, bringing purpose and intentionality into our service, I start thinking about who we are at sunset. And I, I thought, in sunset capable of just saying they don't have to worry about that? How many of you guys believe that we could do something like that? That all of us together, and it's not asking one person to do that, but I think that's what we need to be thinking about when we think about in being intentional, being salty, having salty services, not just serving when there's an opportunity to serve, but being intentional to say, I'm going to look for opportunities to serve. And so we look at this and I say to myself, well, what would be the recipe for us if we were going to be salty servants. And I think the best example that we have is in Philippians 2, verses 4 through 8. And once again, Jesus is the example here. And I want us to see what it says here. It says, Let us, let each of you, look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do you guys see how this could actually be a definition of service? That I'm not thinking about myself, but I'm thinking about others. In the very next verse, he says, Have this mind among you and among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And so here's the recipe. In verse 6, it says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. I think the first thing that we could do is say, Man, I'm not going to be grasping to be on top. I'm going to seek to be a servant. Second, in verse 7, it says, But he emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant being born in human likeness of men. That the second thing that we can do to be salty servants is to empty ourselves. It's not about me. It's about me emptying myself. And then in verse 8 he says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself. I think any reason for me not to serve somebody is because I'm not practicing a posture of humility. And so Jesus humbled himself. And then the next thing it says, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And I think the fourth piece to that recipe is me being obedient. I, I don't think you guys are very different from me 
And so I think I'm finding this. How many of you guys have lots of good intentions? And then when it comes to that final piece of just being obedient and following through with that idea that you have, you just don't do it. I do that. And I think that that's one of the challenges for us in being salty servants is for us to say, you know what, I'm not just going to have the good idea. And I'm not just going to pray for somebody who's in need, but I'm actually going to be obedient and I'm going to take the next step that I need to take so that this can actually be accomplished. I want us to look at this quote. This quote is by Martin Luther King Jr. Jr. It says, everybody can be great. Because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And so Jesus, we see that he's given these examples and on multiple occasions, and it's not just these two when he says the Son of Man came to serve, and if you serve in the way the kingdom thinks about it, that you're actually lowering yourself and you're not raising yourself up. But the question that we have to ask ourselves as followers of Jesus is, did Jesus practice what he preached? And I think that it's pretty obvious to us, and one of the best illustrations that we have is in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and I'm not going to read verses 1 through 20, but this is when Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And in verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The NIV says he now showed them the full extent of his love. And then you move down just a little bit to verse 7, and Jesus says, What I am doing for you, you don't understand now. But afterward, you will understand. And then we move down just a little bit more. In verses 12 through 16, Jesus is speaking again, and it says, When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And then down in verse 20, he says this, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And so multiple occasions, you see this at the beginning of the Gospels, in the middle of the Gospels, at the end of the Gospels, right as Jesus is going to the cross, there's a point that Jesus is trying to make, is that in his kingdom, It is about being a servant. And being a servant and being a salty servant is being intentional. I can't see anything more intentional than Jesus planning out in his last moment with his disciples to wash his feet, wash their feet. Because what he's communicating to them is they know he's the Lord. They know that he's the master. And yet in this moment, out of all the things that he could have done to show that he is the Messiah, 
he gets down on his knees and he begins to wash their feet. And I say to myself, if Jesus practiced what he preached, then shouldn't I practice what I preach? Shouldn't I, instead of just talking about serving, shouldn't I make it intentional in my life to be a servant? And notice that when Jesus gives his example, he says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's the extent of what Jesus is willing to go to for us to be saved. That's the way that he has gone through to, to serve us. And I know a lot of times whenever we look at Jesus, we talk about the sacrifice of Jesus. But do you see the way Jesus saw it in his mind? Jesus didn't see it as a sacrifice that he was making for us. Jesus saw it as a service that he was making for us. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus giving his life as a ransom for many is directly in the context of him serving us. So what's the application for us? I want us to think about doing three things this week. Okay, three things. Um, first one's really simple. Second one's kind of medium. And the third one's maybe kind of hard. Okay, and so this is what I would challenge us to do. Number one, do something for someone else that you've never done before. I think all of us can do that, right? The second one gets a little harder. Do something for someone else in a way that they won't know it was you and can't thank you for it. Okay? And number three, this might be difficult. Do something for someone who has been unkind to you. There's a quote by Brian Buffini that my wife passed on to me, and I think that it's really important for us as I think about this idea of salty service. And in that quote, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but remember that salt is useful only when in association. It's useless in isolation. If we just stay by ourselves and we don't go out into this world with great intentionality to serve this world around us, then we're really not serving our purpose. And Jesus doesn't just say you're the salt of the earth because he thinks it's a really cool saying. Jesus is saying that we're the salt of the earth because he actually believes that we can have an impact on this world in his name. And so this is our goal, to stick out for the right reasons. And one of the greatest ways we can do that is by showing salty service. And so I hope it's on your mind this week. And I think about the three challenges that we gave. I'm going to do it. And I think about, wouldn't it be cool if I did it? But then I think, wouldn't it be cool if we all did it? And what is that going to look like for the kingdom instead of one person doing it, but over a thousand people saying, this week, I'm going to be very intentional about being and showing salty service. David's getting ready to come up and lead us in a song. And I want you to think about being intentional in your service. But there's also something that you could do. It's the greatest thing that you could ever do. As Jesus served you by dying on the cross, the best thing that you could do is just say yes to Jesus and give your life to him this morning. And we offer that invitation as we stand and sing.